You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, George, let's let's wrap up the uh, the pod by talking about a little bit, just quickly, our AFC-NFC title games. And one interesting quarterback note that maybe, just maybe, might take one quarterback off the board come April for the Colts. We'll get to that second day to wrap it up. I just want to mention one thing because we do have the AFC and NFC title games here on Sunday coming up. Chance to go to the Super Bowl, as we know, obviously Bengals, Chiefs, uh, and Eagles 49ers. If you're a Colts fan or just even the Colts organization in general, I think you got to look at a blueprint right now of these four teams remaining and how they're built. And it should at least give you a little bit of signs of encouragement that you are not as far away as you actually think. You look at what the Bengals, you know, they were – not a laughing stock. They made the playoffs, you know, a good amount of Marvin Lewis. They just couldn't win a damn playoff game. But, you know, when Marvin Lewis is fired towards the tail end, they're in Dalton, not a very good. You get Joe Burrow, you get Jamar Chase. All of a sudden now they are, you know, one of the best, if not the best team in the AFC the last two years. You know, you look at, obviously, uh, the Eagles when you get Jalen Hurts, and they were kind of going through a weird transition period with Carson Wentz. And now, obviously, you have, you know, uh, Nick Sierra in there as well. The Colts, with, we've talked about it a lot. This offseason, how important it is for them, head coach, quarterback. If you get that right, which is a big, we just talked about the last 40 minutes about, you know, some of the trials and tribulations of of so far this head coaching search. If, if they get this head coach right now, if they get the quarterback right in April, I, you, you see what these four teams remain, George, it's not that you're not that far away from contention. You are really not that far away from being in when you have a really good head coach and a really good quarterback. Uh, three out of the four teams are evidence of that. The only team that it's not, which ironically the Colts tried to mirror and it failed, was the 49ers. Right? They tried to be basically the AFC version of San Francisco by building everything else around the quarterback. Again, the quarterback last. San Francisco, you see they've executed to perfection for the most part. They hit on the draft picks, for agency, the trades. They have killed it to where now Brock Purdy is in the NFC title game and maybe in the Super Bowl. Colts tried, didn't work, but I think there's a good avenue that the other three teams, again, you get the right head coach, right quarterback, Things things turn in a, in a flash here, George. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know that that Chris Ballard, if he could choose one of these blueprints, it would be San Francisco. Um, True. I think the whole league probably feels that way. I mean, Fair. you go to the NC Championship game with your third string quarterback, uh, you've done something really, really right. Uh, and I think everybody probably wants to, to follow that blueprint. Uh, but I think, you know, Kansas City, I think, is the outlier here. You know, they just made a really, they, they're kind of the one team that understood what Patrick Mahomes could be, believed in that. Uh, traded up to get him, changed their offense to, to suit him, uh, put you know the right pieces around him, and and they just they had a plan. They executed it, executed it flawlessly. Uh, but I think the two teams that the Colts can maybe learn the most from, because I think they're not dissimilar in where they're at now and and where these teams were a couple of years ago, are Philadelphia and Cincinnati. I mean, in the Eagles' case, you you fired Doug Peterson. People really didn't know what you were going to do. You know what what the next move was going to be. Uh, you were coming off that Super Bowl win. It was incredibly disappointing to fall the way that they did. Uh, and and you had Jalen Hurts, who was a second round quarterback, who nobody really knew what to expect from him. Uh, and and you know 
they, they hired Nick Sirianni and they put the right offense around him, which I think if you look at all of them, that's the biggest key, putting the right quarterback in the right place. Don't put a, you know, square peg in a round hole here. You know, and I, I think that's what all four of them have done outstandingly. But Philadelphia and Kansas City in particular changed those offenses, tailored them around their quarterbacks to give them the best chance of success. And then in Cincinnati, you know, the number one overall pick, which the Colts could, you know, they they could make a move up there if they want to do that this year. Uh, and, and got Joe Burrow and then again made those moves. But if you look at where the Bengals were coming into that, Mike Brown was under a lot of fire. You know, oh, yeah. people were saying he's a little crazy. People weren't sure what he was going to do with this franchise. Is he cheap? Is he not going to to pay? Or can they ever really win here? And now they might go to back back Super Bowl. So I think those two franchises, if you look at where they were in say 2020-ish, that's not incredibly dissimilar to where the Colts are now. Um, I think the big thing with both of them, though, as, as we look at this coaching search, neither Zach Taylor or Nick Sirianni was a really popular hire when it happened. Both of those guys were like, really, this, this is what we're going to do? You know, but ownership in the front office believed in them and, you know, made the choice based on, on their ability to work with young quarterbacks. Both of them have backed it up. So I think that's, you know, if, if you're not a believer in Evero, you're not a believer in Steichen or Callahan or, you know, Banami or whoever may come in here, um, just remember that, you know, Nick Sirianni, I don't know if your first introductory press conference can go much worse than Nick Sirianni's did in Philly. No, you know, so, like, Patience, right? Patience. And it goes back to too, George, to kind of put a bow at least on for the most part, this entire entire conversation has been Jeff Saturday. The I just don't think I can't see how Jim Mercy can actually listen to Jeff Saturday's plan and say, Okay, yes, that's something I believe in. Because you're right. All those, you know, Zach Taylor, Nick Sirianni had a plan, executed that plan to that quarterback that they either had at the time or were going to draft and executed it to perfection and built the offense around what that quarterback does really well. What Joe Burrow does really well, they highlighted his strengths. What Jalen Hurts does really well, they highlighted his strengths. Even what Kyle Shannon is doing right now in San Francisco, they have an all-star team, right? But they are still playing to a Brock Purdy does one. Like you said, you're not you're trying to get a square peg in a square hole. And for the most part, that means the coaching staff and the offense adjusting to what the quarterback does best. And I just can't – like I just don't see a way that Jeff Saturday is going to be able to hire an offense coordinator – that's going to be able to adjust to as high of a level as you need to adjust to, to make sure that the transition to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis, or if you want to get crazy Anthony Richardson and make sure that is the best possible offense for them to fit into and have success early on, which again is another reason why we, we've been hammering home for a while about not only no Jeff Saturday, but just the importance of this hire in general, because you're right. You see, if you get it right, it's tough to do. It's not easy to do. If you get it right, you can have results turn around and turn around very, very quickly. I think that's uh, almost perfect. For the most part, the four teams remaining in the AFC and NFC title games, I think, do highlight highlight that. And hopefully send Chris Ballard and especially send Chris, uh, Jim Mersey a reminder of that and really do uh, push getting it right. So speaking of quarterbacks, George, let's finish up with this. So the potential quarterback on the Colts board is Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Very, very, very interestingly, he is skipping the Senior Bowl. Skipping the Senior Bowl, which is a big deal, which is, you know, for someone with Chris Ballard who does value the Senior Bowl a lot, this feels like a missed opportunity. This feels like, at least for, for well, let's go to the Colts, this feels like this could be almost off your board worthy. Would you agree with that? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a it's a big. I would think it's a big knock on on Chris Ballard's resume. You know, as he's looking at a guy, uh, we know what the Senior Bowl means to him. I would think this is something you know with 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 Will Levis not taking this opportunity that. Chris Ballard will not look kindly upon. It won't be something that it won't be something that moves them up the Colts board. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I think it's it's an interesting choice all the way around because we keep talking about these four guys who might go in the top ten. I think Mel Kiper had all four of them going in the top ten. One of the mock drafts recently had all four of them going in the top ten. Levis is the only one who's Senior Bowl eligible, so he had a chance to go there and have the stage all to himself. Nobody else there. It's the first time you really get to meet with NFL teams. They have combine style interviews there that they can go to. You know, they get to watch you practice the entire week, which is huge uh, because, you know, obviously that's that's one of the unknowable parts of this process for, for teams. Uh, their scouts have maybe been at practices, but Chris Ballard hasn't been. You know, whoever the head coach is hasn't been. Uh, I just think it's, it's somebody around Will Levis is not giving him really good advice right here because – here was a chance to just step center stage on your own. The other three guys, it's not even an option for them. And you turn it down. I, I think it's a bad decision. I'm with you. It doesn't really make much sense because Will Levis is not good enough to skip the senior bowl. Like you have a guy like Joe Burrow who at LSU won a national title. Like it was hands down. He's going number one in Cincinnati. There's nothing, no doubt about it. So there's really no reason for him to go to the senior bowl because he couldn't, you know, elevate or improve his stock any more than he already did in his final year at LSU. That's not the case here for Will Levis whatsoever. If anything, like you mentioned, George, like he has more questions than answers. There's a lot more inconsistency to his game than consistency. So if you are the Colts you and you are Chris Ballard, you think if you're going to take him number one overall, you feel a whole hell of a lot better, even number four overall, feel a whole hell of a lot better doing so after spending an entire week with him, watching him practice, watching you know how he processes, seeing you know see it in person, being able to talk to him, you know, and watching in a game. Now that's not the case, you brought up an interesting point. I want to steal your thunder, so I'll let you say it here. But you brought up an interesting theory as to why he is skipping the senior ball. And if you're a Colts fan that doesn't want Will Levis, I think you might listen or you might like what George has to say. Yeah, I mean, you wondered, did Nick Casario tell him, hey, don't worry, you know, you're going number two, no matter what. You know, you won't fall past us or somebody in the draft has told him, you know, don't worry about it. We're coming up for you or whatever. I, I doubt it's the Colts at this point uh, because I don't, I don't think they've even begun to look at quarterbacks yet. They're, they're a little busy. I don't know if you've noticed, but they they got some other priorities at the moment. So, um, you know, not that the Texans have coaching search too. So maybe, maybe it's not them as a result of that. Somebody though, in in this process, to me, that's the only reason you do this. You know, that that somebody came along and said, if he's doing this based off mock drafts and, and, and things like that, that's a really, really bad decision because, you know, those things, especially right now, mean nothing. Uh, teams have not finalized their grades. They're, nobody knows who they're going to take right now. I don't care what they tell you. There, there's not a team in the league right now who can tell you with certainty this is our guy in the draft. They haven't gotten nearly far enough into the process to do that. They haven't talked to these guys. They haven't sat down in a room and, you know, 
had an interview. So um, it's it's a it's a really poor decision on on Will Levis's part. That maybe it doesn't affect him because maybe he has been told. Like I said, maybe somebody along the line has said, and Houston makes the most sense because they're the ones that could guarantee him you're not going past number two. Um, aside from that, it's a really, really baffling decision on his part. I think that, I think that there's a lot of merit, to be honest, because I think you're right. Like if if you are told you believe but the Texans are telling you of, hey, worst, you know, we may trip to number one, get you, but worst case scenario, if you know, we don't get there and, and you know, you're going to go number one, but we're going to take you there. And number two, we, we like you a lot. I think you're right. Cause it's to your point, you would be able to gain a lot. And for someone whose stock, again, it is questionable with, we know the traits and, and physically how imposing he is, but there's so many questions about his accuracy and his decision-making and his consistency that you it's, he's nowhere near consensus. There's really no consensus, right? I would say number one, cause it depends on who you talk to, who, you know, what, what mock drafts say? Some have Bryce Young, some say CJ Stroud, some do have Will Levis, some have Anthony Richardson. So it is one of these piles where there's no clear cut consensus number one guy. You would think Will Levis, like I said, having the advantage that none of the other quarterbacks in the draft have. Um, and even if you want to include Hennon Hooker in this, because, you know, maybe he could have gotten in the mix if he was healthy, but he's not healthy. So he can't play. So he could have helped improve his draft stack more than anyone else right now from between the time the season ends and April. By going to the senior ball, by being in front of coaches, by talking to them, and listen to, to skip it, he either is getting bad advice or, like I said, someone, maybe the Texans, uh, sitting there at number two telling you, hey, don't worry, you're a guy, we're taking number two. But, and almost trying to, like, if you will hide him from not allowing the Colts or the Panthers or the Seahawks or another team to kind of get their hands on him at the senior bowl in person and kind of maybe bump his stock up. So, I think you're right. I would yeah. probably say this is probably more of the Texans trying to hide him, which again, take him. If you're Houston, take him. Take him, take him, take him. That is not someone that I would like the Colts to draft, which maybe then if you're Chris Ballard, maybe then all of a sudden either lowers the price a little bit for trading up to number one or makes you not as inclined or again, maybe less less competition, which would then lower the price as well to go up to number one. Could be a benefit for the Colts all the way around. Yeah, I mean, we do know. I mean, I, I have to mention, we do know that, that there's been reports for a while that there are several teams, whatever that number is, that have Will Levis on the top of their 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 board right now. Uh, but again, you know, those things are fluid. Those boards are not locked in. And that's that's a part of it that's baffling to me. Yeah, there's reports out there that a lot of NFL guys really like him, that the NFL in general is higher on Will Levis than maybe the the general public and the media is right now. Uh, but those those are not written in concrete. There's 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 no way uh, that if you're number one on a board right now that that you can just solidify that. I think if you went to Senior Bowl, you'd have a chance to add more teams to that list for one thing. You know, go to number one on more teams list and to separate yourself because, like you said, there even the teams that have them number one, it, there's not a gap. You know, when we just talked to Dame Brugler, there's there's not a real gap between these guys. It's not like somebody is. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Andrew Luck in, right. in the mix where, where somebody's just head and shoulders above everyone else. This is an opportunity. You have the stage to yourself. That's the part to me. I, I keep hammering that point home. That's the part to me that that's just baffling because you would think as, as a draft prospect, that's, that's your dream. I'm going to go there and, and the other guys can't come and I could talk to all 32 teams and they can watch me practice. And it's basically a extended pro day for me. Um, why, why would you not? I totally agree. I totally agree, which hopefully like I said that your theory is correct. 
and that will help the Colts and just have one less team to worry about swooping in and taking our guy at number one, the Blue Horseshoe official, number one quarterback, big board prospect, Bryce Young. All right, have a great week, everyone. That will do it for us here on this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Enjoy the NFC and NFC title games. Should be a lot of fun here. We'll see who's going to the Super Bowl, and we'll see coming off of that Sunday game which uh, assistants the Colts are able to talk to and who, uh, if they're, you know, whether it's Demeco Ryan's getting the first interview or whether it's any of the other Shane Syke and Brian Cowan getting a second interview. So a lot of news will come out of Sunday's game Colts-wise. So make sure, again, that's why you got to download, subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. And also check us out on YouTube at Odyssey Sports where you can watch me and George each and every episode. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.